thank you for coming. I'm a bit freaking out. <laughs> I thought about seven people would come and none of them would be men. But <laughs> Not because I don't like men. I really like men. I'm married to one and I made one. <laughs> so I'm a big fan of men. Um, and I actually wrote this with men in mind. So my hope is that this is for everybody in the vineyard. And it's, it's going to be pretty honest. So let's pray. <laughs> Father, we know that you love men and women the same. You know uh, you just want us to come into our calling to walk it out completely and we ask Holy Spirit would you be at work in this room would you help me to say the right words yeah would you be at work ensuring that people are hearing what I'm saying and nothing's getting misconstrued and um, would you be here with your grace Amen Amen good thanks so much for coming particularly for a bloke and I just wanted to say first a little bit about me, if that's all right. So I'm Suze, hi. Um, I'm 36. I've got two children. I've got Seth, who is 11, and I've got Pearl, who is 8. I'm a journalist for the BBC. So uh, for you radio nerds, I work for a station called BBC Radio 5 Live. I'm not going to pretend I don't think that's cool. <laughs> I still really like saying that. They even occasionally let me on the radio, which is exciting. I've been leading worship in the vineyard for 15 years. And I grew up in Methodism, um, so I've actually been sort of leading worship since I was about 11. So I've got some years. I've got some years. And I work full-time for the BBC. I go to Manchester Vineyard. I'm just a worship leader. I don't have any title and don't get paid and I just wanted to mention about um, working full time because I don't want anyone in this room to disqualify themselves from leading worship because it's so easy to say well that person does this or I just, oh, you know I haven't, it's not to say look at me I'm a superwoman. woman <laughs> um, I'm really not it's just to say, you know if God's called you to it there's a way to make the things come together. So, also know when I'm talking about leading worship, sometimes I am talking about uh, the band. You know, not just about worship leaders, because I think if you're up the front, you're involved in leading worship as well. And, and t- uh, just some really obvious things to say. Some of this will be like, you'll just completely disagree. Can I just encourage you to just forget the stuff, you know, that... It maybe doesn't sit with you and try and remember the good stuff. And some of it will be sort of generalisations, which pretty much hold true most of the time, you know, but may not in your circumstance. Um, So there might be things I talk about, like insecurity, and you're actually a really confident woman. Brilliant. Pray for your fellow females. Um, And men too, because this is the thing. All of this works both ways. Does that make sense? Yeah, good. Um, So this seminar has come about for two reasons. One really, really important one is that two years ago here at the retreat, who was here then? 2017, I was. Yeah, um, so it was an amazing, amazing Holy Spirit weekend. And then on the Sunday morning, there was worship and the the Holy Spirit was just in the room. And then Jesse over there, um, he had a word, a picture it was pretty violent, actually, about, about women. Was it being gagged, or was it gaffer tape? Which was it? It was, it was those wiggle bold things on it. Oh, even worse. Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> Woo, let's not go there. Um, so, so um, about women being gagged in, and it, as it relating to worship. And then he gave this word, and it was like all the air sucked out of the room. And then when it came back in again, it was so heavy. There were tears. There was... Um, the Holy Spirit doing some serious work and then it started to stir thinking is this something you know to talk about and before we start I want to just get one elephant out of the room in the vineyard women are fully allowed to lead worship this is from the vineyard USA website 
We believe that God calls and gifts leaders within the church as he chooses and that this is not limited by gender, age, ethnicity, economic status or any other human distinction. In the New Testament church, we see a call to servanthood in imitation of Jesus, a call given to both men and women equally, we believe we are better together. Shall we all say amen? Amen. Amen. Good. So anyone who tells you you can't leave worship because you're a girl, woman, lady, is completely wrong. You can just tell them they're wrong, and you can tell them to look it up. Um, I would, you know, just do that. And I would also urge you, if you're sitting in this seminar now, and you're just thinking, oh, I'm not sure I should be here, I'm not sure, I just don't know, is Vinny the right place for me, I'm not really sure. I just believe that God's put you here, and um, you're here for a reason, so just park that for the next hour. Just park it, it's fine. You're meant to be here. End of. Don't think about anything else. So, my hope is just that we'll all be free to step out into all that God's calling us to. And for the guys in the room, thank you so much for coming. Um, That you might understand a bit of what might be going on in some of your churches. And also that you can maybe spot stuff that you might be doing accidentally that is quite disempowering for the women that lead with you. Does that make sense? It's not to say, guys, you're doing all this stuff wrong at all. That's not, that's not going to be, you know, any part of this. And as worship leaders, we just want to see God glorified in the praises of his people. And the freer we are in our identities, the better we work together, the more God will be glorified. That's the plan. Really, I love this movement and I just want to, like, anything to get people just fully moving in their identities, in that authority, just gets me very excited. So, uh, before we get on to worship stuff, it's important to say uh, we live in a society that's still patriarchal in lots of ways. There are rules for how much you get paid, but women still often get paid less than men. Um, Women are far more likely to suffer sexual harassment than men. And also, I wanted to talk about language. There's a real difference in language about how strong women are described versus strong men. So strong men might be born leaders, they might be assertive, they might even be charismatic. Um, Women could be called abrasive, difficult, bossy, which I hate. Um, Famously, Ken Clark called Theresa May a bloody difficult woman. Now, whether or not you like her, most people don't. But, you know, she, you just wouldn't call a guy that, probably. He's a bloody difficult man, I've never heard that said before. No, you wouldn't call them a woman. Very good point. So this is the kind of... Just mentioning that, because this is the kind of stuff that you are arriving in when you come to lead worship. This is the society we live in. This is the air that we breathe. That's just something to bear in mind in the background. So I want to talk about leading worship as a woman. And obviously, it's exactly the same as leading worship as a man. Mostly. Mostly. Yeah, I mean, it's the same, but it also really isn't, if that makes any sense. So I've got a fair bit of experience to draw on. I've led worship in small groups on, you know, Sunday mornings. I've led worship in prisons. I've led worships in front of thousands of people. I've experienced extraordinary times of worship when I could hardly breathe. I didn't know what to do because the presence of the Lord was so in the room. I've crashed and burned horribly forgetting words, even once leading a completely different song from the rest of the band. (laughs) And I was sure it was their fault. (laughs) Despite it being in a different time signature. Never mind. Um, I can't play guitar. uh, Well enough, anyway. Um, I have experienced excruciating rehearsals. You know what we're talking about. Um, When I've stood as two guitarists argued over the right chords for a completely pointless part of the song for half an hour. Indescribable had this middle bit that was pointless that a lot of my years of my life were lost to. Um, So you can trust me is what I'm trying to say. I've led on one and a half hours sleep with a teething baby. This is not a bad pride. This is just, you know... You can trust me. And I, I'm, like, I'm standing here, we've got baked beans down my dress. So, <laughs> so here are some things that shouldn't be true, but probably are true, about being a female worship leader. Um, you can often be the only woman, token woman, some people would say, on stage. Um, you can be worried about looking difficult, which we've already discussed comes from some of how we're positioned. 
we can be really easily persuaded to another point of view, or I certainly can, um, by someone I really feel something, but I don't want to make a fuss. We can take the easy route because we believe someone else is more anointed. We can have our authority eroded really subtly and not realise till it's too late. Sometimes my husband will spot it. Like, Did you see what happened there? And I'm like, no, it's fine, great rehearsal. Um, and this one's really important, and, and I want to be really careful because I work full-time. I actually mostly work evenings and nights, and my husband is an absolute legend um, and holds the fort better than I do. But often, we've just got a bit more in our heads. So often it's work, and it's kids, and it's uh, cleaning the house, and it's... Did we take the mints out of the freezer? And also, oh no, it's World Book Day tomorrow! <laughs> yes, that just happened in our house. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon. Um, so this is really important stuff to talk about. And some of it's really obvious. And some of it isn't obvious. And that's why I wanted to do this seminar. Well, actually, I didn't want to. I said to Harmony, we should do a seminar on women in worship. And she said, yes, you should do a seminar on women in worship. Which <laughs> wasn't really where I was going with that conversation. So I'm going to start with the biggie, uh, which is insecurity and confidence. Now, another one of the reasons why we're doing we, I... Prefer it if it makes it sound like it's more than just me. Doing this seminar is I was listening to a brilliant podcast called The Ferment. This is a vineyard worship podcast. Anyone else listen to this? Good, not most of you, so most of this is new. That's great. Um, so this, The Ferment, is a podcast and it's uh, done by Adam Russell, who's the leader of vineyard worship in the US. And um, he was here two years ago. He's brilliant. He's an amazing teacher. He's an amazing worship leader. And it's basically him in conversation with different worship leaders, worship, you know, musicians. And he was speaking to a woman called Tina. And she was clearly someone he really admired and respected. She's an immigration lawyer. She's mum. She's a worship pastor. Wow. Like, all of that. She went to, like, Stanford or Harvard. Smart, smart woman. And he got her to start talking about her life. And she just said, I just feel like I'm waiting for someone to find out that I'm a, like, total fraud. And he was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and she was like, you know, just that, like, there's so many people who could do this better than I can. And he was, like, flabbergasted. And he was like, what do you mean? And she was like, you know, you've got to, like, stay in shape and you've got to, like, be totally present with your children and be the best worship pastor you can be and make all of the meetings up for coffee that you're meant to and be musically brilliant and also be completely present at work, yada, yada, yada. And then he said, where are you getting that pressure from? And I was shouting, going, everywhere! <laughs> Getting that pressure from everywhere. And then she carried on to say that in her spiritual journey, when she started, and even still now, her instinct when she led was to occupy as small a space as possible. And I just, like, I cried. I was just like, uh-huh. She was just talking about the fact that you know, physically and metaphorically, that's what she felt like she did. And I was just so surprised that he was surprised that he didn't know that about her. Because I think for a lot of women, not all women, and some men obviously this works for too, but for a lot of women that's where we're, we're at. Don't want the boat, make it nice and easy, take up as small a space as, prof as you can. And Adam's really smart, he's married to a brilliant woman. He's really emotionally smart. And I was just surprised he didn't know this. So men, this is a freebie. This might be the default setting of somebody to who leads worship in your church. They might just be trying to not rock the boat. Um, I wasn't surprised at all when she said that, despite she's like a powerhouse, you know, vocalist, amazing worship leader. I wasn't surprised that was how that she felt. It's often said that women will only apply for a job if they can do... 90 to 100 percent of what's on the advert and men will apply for a job if they can do 60. Now because I'm a journalist I like try to track down the stat turns out it doesn't actually exist <laughs> just for transparency it's from the um, CEO of Hewlett-Packard said it and it's been reported as a statistic okay but I think the reason it's caught on and it gets quoted all the time is because it feels true and this is not about men bashing. Women, I just, we, this is, I think, quite a uniquely female issue. Can I just nod if anyone feels like this is true? Mm -hmm. Yes, good, okay. 
Um, and this blew my mind away the other day. The first thing the devil ever said to a woman was, did God really say that? Did God really say that? Did he though? Did he say that? And then Adam's like, I didn't do anything wrong, it was her. <laughs> and then we know the rest of the story. But this isn't, this isn't about men bashing at all. This is about talents. We know from the parable of the talents in the New Testament that we are called to not just hold on to what we have, but to steward it and to reproduce it. So actually, not to be heavy, but there is... Um, He's not just asked us to do the minimum we can get away with without being difficult. He's asked us to run with what he's given us and give it away. You know, this is, like, I'm doing that now. It's absolutely terrifying, but I'm doing it anyway. But I think for years I didn't, because I just buried it. Came out occasionally, but, you know, most of the time, just didn't want to mess it up, you know? Like that parable, just didn't want didn't to make a mistake. So I buried it in the ground. And... You know, leading as worship as a woman can be really hard. As I've said, you can be the only woman in a band. Stages and worship bands can be really male spaces. Um, so I can't tell you the amount of times I've been the worship leader and there's been, like, guys with their back to me discussing the Nashville numbering system. <laughs> and I'm like, hi, hi, can we, you know, it can be tricky. You can find yourself as our leading people who are older than you, you're a 23-year-old woman leading guys who are in their 40s and brilliant on their instruments. You know God's called you to it. You're new to the church. The pastor's behind you. Great. Still really hard. It's really, really hard. And, you know, they might have seen loads of worship leaders come and go. They can be pretty free with their opinions sometimes and it can be hard to hold your ground. But you've got to. You've got to because that's what we're called to do. It's at these times you've just got to hang on to the truth of what God has called you to. So just a couple of real-life examples of what this looks like for guys and girls. So I've tried to give up worship leading a few times, <laughs> and God has clearly said, not yet. So this is in the context of still feeling like I'm meant to be doing it. So there's this one time I used to work. I've worked in radio for like 15 years, and um, I was really tired because I used to work on a breakfast show, which meant getting two buses to work, leaving at five o'clock in the morning. And um, the way my week work went, my week went, I knew I only had one night to plan the set, and it would normally be Monday nights, and I'd sneak upstairs with my Bible, and I would come down with the anointed set of the Lord. <laughs> and um, this, one, this one Monday, I fell asleep. I fell asleep, and I woke up with, like, crusty dribble on my Bible. <laughs> and I was so shamed by that. I just thought, I've got this one chance to plan a set, and look what, I've just totally cocked it up. Then, another example, I um, was planning my set, and then I really felt like we should do oceans, and I was like, oh, we don't really do that. We've done it a couple of times, but I don't really like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and I say, sorry, my husband's brilliant, right? Just know this. This is going to make him sound bad. It's not meant to. So I, come down, I come downstairs and I say, oh, no, no. He's like, what's the set? This is a conversation we often have. What's the set? And I did a little oceans. What? <laughs> we can't play that. Do you know who's playing on Sunday? No, 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 no. They won't be able to handle it. We've not got enough time. You know, we've not got rehearsal in the week this week. We can't pull that together on Sunday morning. Right. So... In both cases, I'm totally dreading Sunday. I'm just thinking, I've just got this so wrong. It's, it's just awful. In the case when I fell asleep, what had actually happened is when I woke up, there were these five songs in my head, and I emailed them to my band. And we led worship on Sunday. And guess what? It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The presence of God was thick in the room, obviously, to everybody. I hardly had to do anything. You know? I hardly had to do anything, because he met me in my weakness, and he knew my heart. And on the ocean Sunday, I get there and there's loads of ex-convicts. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I've, led the, um, I've got this really girly song and it's really long. We'll get on to boys and girls songs. They don't exist. <laughs> i just put that one in to show you what's coming later. And um, I just thought, oh no, I've got this completely wrong. And then I get to the end of the service and this guy comes up to me and he says, I was praying. So they're, they're ex-drug addicts and they made quite a chunk of our congregation it's like I've been praying to God that 
wherever we went on Sunday would do that song. And I was so moved that God had spoken to me about that guy, you know, and that I hadn't let my insecurities wipe that out, you know, because it was God for that guy. You know, I hadn't heard wrong, but I could have easily, easily just thought, let's do something easier. Let's do, I know, back then, adoration instead. Great song. Um, And this is where we get to the crux of what worship leading is. A worship leader is someone who loves God, wants to praise him, someone whose heart's tender before him, who's humble and correctable. A worship leader's one desire is to please God and to help to draw people into his presence, someone who is called, anointed by God for the task. I know that's tricky because sometimes you feel an anointing and other people don't see it. Um, But this might mean that some Sundays you turn up feeling totally underqualified for the job. And that's when you've got to trust that God has called you to this and you are being obedient to him. You do have to prepare as well. (laughs) But there is grace. There's definitely grace. Now, I've met guys, and it's tended to be guys, I haven't yet met a woman, but I'm not ruling it out, who look like the whole worship package, man. They can play the instruments, all of them. They can produce stuff. They've just casually written three songs, you know? They look fantastic in the skinny jean, and their hair is good. They've got really clear skin, and they are 19. (laughs) But the work of the Spirit cannot be seen so easily. That is why we have this treasure in jars of clay. And um, nothing against all of those things. Gosh, imagine if we could all do that, we'd be powerhouses. But I've come across a lot of ex-worship leaders too, who thought they knew it all at 21. And now, now, I'm more impressed by those who have been doing it for a very, very, very long time. And I want to find out about them. You know, it's easy to sing the big hits on a Sunday and maybe get some hands in the air. Harmony was kind of talking about that earlier. But to continually place yourself before the Lord and say, what what do you want, is tricky. I love this from Jeremy Riddle. He said, the key is to never stop listening or obeying ever. We are ever dependent. That's just the truth. Apart from him, I can do nothing. So I keep trading all my impressive performances for a listening ear and radical obedience. I love that. It's an Instagram post of his, and it's just totally brilliant, and I loved it. So, this is what we're grappling with. Carl Tuttle, literally the first worship leader in the vineyard, he said, again on that podcast, no one has ever gotten more from less. (laughs) He really wasn't a great musician. He loved God, but he was massively insecure, and it took God forever to convince him that this thing was for him. Um, And why we're bringing up that story about a bloke because at the NLC this year Debbie did a big thing on coming to agreement with God on your calling so it's not just enough to be called but you have to agree with God and say yeah let's not waste time ladies we don't have any time to waste most of the time anyway let's not waste time my lovely mum who's lived most of her life as a farmer's wife she left school at 16 she she is a great theologian she says God is a gentleman He invites you to do something. He doesn't make you do it. So we have a part to play in coming into agreement with what he's called us to do. Okay. So we have to doubt our doubts and our insecurities. We may not technically be as good as somebody else, um, but that's not what God looks at. Although, we'll talk about this later. Get better. Just get better. Um, (laughs) Yeah, that'll do. Um, People often think of moral failure is what takes people out. But insecurity can do it too. I've got a very good friend who is a powerhouse for worship leader and her voice is amazing. And she didn't sing for years because of one comment somebody made about her voice when she was stepping out in leading. I love the Rick Warren quote, even though it's really cheesy. Humility is not thinking less of yourself, it's thinking of yourself less. There's a kind of toxic insecurity that masks as humility that keeps you bound up in thinking about you. And it's a trick of the enemy, and it sucks. So that's it on insecurity. We good? Men have this too. So men, this is also you. Brilliant. Double. Done. So I'm fortunate to have two uh, particularly empowering men in my life. My dad, 
just loves Jesus and was so excited if I did anything. He's texted me five times about the seminar today. <laughs> when is it? And when can I hear it? And then I'm married to a brilliant man who um, is constantly saying, you can totally do that. You can do that. Just go and do that. I'll look after the kids who go and do that. So Anders, he's brilliant if you've met him. If you haven't met him, he's great. Chat to him. Um, but lots of women haven't had that experience of men cheerleading. And our old church was tricky in lots of ways. But the pastor was brilliant. He had no problem with women. We had tons of them. In fact, at one point, we only had women leading worship. I think that might still be the case. It's still the case. They still only have women leading worship. And God appears to still be there, which is great. Um, so uh, what I want to say to the guys is be, be the man who empowers the women around you. Be the man who pushes them forward. You, that is your calling in this, is to enable the women around you and, and to not accidentally do stuff that undermines. So some of this is really subtle, this stuff. Like the guy who just said to me, I just can't worship when women need worship. <laughs> to my face. I know, he thought he was talking in the abstract, so it was fine. I don't know, he's like, no, I just can't, I just can't worship when women lead. Mm. So look, don't say that, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fire. Be aware of your body language in rehearsal. If there's loads of guys and you're all clumped together, I don't know, it just feels a bit crappy. Don't roll your eyes if your female worship leader does a song you don't like or doesn't necessarily know immediately what key is best for her. <laughs> I have stood in many when I think you all hate me right now I know you do, you're pretending though I did accidentally do a song in C sharp last night so <laughs> the bassist wasn't with friends it's okay. he wasn't good um, so it's those sorts of unspoken things you know, maybe ask her opinion about what you're playing rather than being insecure yourself do you like this? is this, is this what you're thinking? super, super helpful you know um, rather than just assuming it's all fine. You know, if you've got somebody who's really shy, but they're leading you, help them, help them lead you. You know, it might just be what that person needs. It doesn't mean you're a doormat or that you agree with everything. But be supportive when you can, and if you have to disagree, or you need to disagree, disagree really well. And openly, not passive-aggressively. Obviously, this is, you know, women on women, this is the same. Um, yeah, and I can't count the amount of times I've been in rehearsals and just known that people are really unhappy, but they've not said anything, so I couldn't, you know? And then I go, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine, fine, looking at the floor. You know, good conversations and generousness is just so helpful. I was leading at Cause to Live for years ago now, and I had been up wrestling with the set. I don't know why, I just couldn't figure it. And then I chatted to the bassist, and he was like, you know, that song, it's just really good, isn't it? I just think it could work really well. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. And we did that, and it was totally the right thing. Equally, last Sunday, I was wrestling with the set and tried to put a song in, wasn't working, and Andrew just went, I love your presence. And we did it, and it was totally the right thing. So, it doesn't mean you just go, yes, miss. That's not it. But, you know, have great conversations. Have great conversations. Just be super open. What were you thinking? Is that key working? You know, how, how can you help people? Just empower the women that you serve with. Also, while we're talking about the qualities of a worship leader, we need to talk about skill. There used to be a vineyard training called Heart and Skill, because obviously having the right heart is oh, just so important. Um, but your skill level is too. Getting good at what you do is worship to God. We want to offer him the best, and there is nothing wrong with being really good at your instrument. And your voice counts as your instrument too. So I don't play guitar well enough to play, and it's probably my biggest regret in my whole life. And I've said that a couple of times this weekend, and people have gone, there's still time. So yes, <laughs> this time next year, I'll be amazing. Um, and I've rarely heard a woman in worship go and like, turn up this massive pedal board. <laughs> <laughs> this guitar is Susan. <laughs> this is Jemima, and look at this! But I would love to see that, man! I would love to, anyone else love to see that? Like, like a girl with a guitars and a pedal board, yes. So, let's play more instruments. Let's bring up girls who play instruments. Let's bring up girls and teach them to play the drums. Let's, let's bring up girls 
that think it's totally normal to play bass, yeah? Because we could get rid of this in 10 years. And also, if your sole instrument is your voice, get better at it. Really do. And if your pastor has asked you to get better, listen to what they're saying, because that will have been a hard-fought thing to, to say something to you. Um, the easiest ways are fix your breathing, drink loads of water, find some YouTube, we'll probably fix it. You know, you'll find something on there that'll help. Um, and listen, record yourself on voice memos, singing stuff. Also, a really quick win, um, if there's a tricky bit in a song, don't ignore it and then sing it on Sunday and hope it goes okay. Practice that interval on its own, in the car, washing up, changing a nappy, I don't know. Maybe not run the supermarket. But you'll find then that when you come to Sunday, your, your voice will just do it better. So do get better at what you're doing and learn the songs. Learn the songs, learn the songs, learn the songs. Learn the songs so you don't need the words. Um, I didn't manage that quite last night, but learn the songs so that you can just lead them, you know. I, I had a brilliant teaching about from Dan Wilt about how worship leaders should be a non-anxious presence at the front of the stage. You should be sitting there or standing there and feel like this situation is totally in hand, other than what the Lord might decide to do. And if you don't know the songs properly, it's just not good enough. Oh, I wasn't expecting to say that. So God is, God is worth the hard work of preparation and he's at work in it too. So that's the main stuff. We okay? Yeah. We okay. There's been no tears yet. I feel that's sad. <laughs> Hoping for tears. No, not really. That's the main stuff. We're going to just quick fire through some bits and bobs that I think are quite helpful. Um, let's start here. There are not boys and girls songs. Repeat after me. Yes, good. When I first started at own worship leading, I was really annoying about this. I used to just lead all the men songs because I was just like, uh-huh, I can do. I don't know what it would have been at the time. Furious. You know, that's, that's for me. But for some reason, there seem to be songs that like, are like, this is a God song, this is a man song. And a quick YouTube search, this is not scientific, shows, you make me brave, oceans, God, I look to you, more like could be sung by women. Uh, Furious, Lion and the Lamb, um, this is amazing, Grace, more likely to be sung, sung by guys. Just don't get stuck in the trap of thinking that smaller songs are better for women, the big songs are for guys, and also for the guys in the room. If there's a song that you love that's often led by a woman in your church, lead it. Lead it in a really good key, but lead it, and you'll be surprised what happens in the room, I think. I mean, that's not a guarantee, obviously. And spend time finding the right key. It is a truth rarely acknowledged that a lot of super popular worship songs are written by men with bonkers ranges. <laughs> this means we have to change the key. This is a non-negotiable. No matter how much I want to, I cannot sing in the key of Jeremy Riddle. <laughs> I cannot sing in the key of Tim Hughes, and I love Sam Lane to pieces, and leading with him is one of my favourite things, but I cannot sing in Sam's key, but I can sing down five. What key do you do this in, Suze? What key does Sam sing it in? Yeah, down five. <laughs> down five, it's fine. So, you know, spend all the time you need to find the right key, it will help you lead more confidently. Obviously there'll be times when you want to get it in the same key as maybe a song before for a specific reason, but if you can, get it in a key that works for you and hopefully will then work for the congregation as well. And uh, if you're in a band, just don't be annoyed that we've got to change the key. We've got to. And I'm not saying this because... I'm saying this because I've had people annoyed at me for this, you know? And I, I can't do anything about it. Another elephant in the room. Octave jumps. <laughs> um, who finds them tricky? Oh, look, that's everybody. Um, so, now is not the appropriate time to fully expound on my deeply held theology of octave jumps. <laughs> but if you buy me a beer later, I will. <laughs> There's a couple of really important things to think about. We're worship leaders. Our job is to create a space where people can encounter the living God and worship him for all they're worth. 
this is where they can be tricky. There is some argument over the average human range, but experts, opera singers, voice teachers, reckon the average non-singers range is one to one and a half octaves. Now, everyone's range is going to start finish somewhere different. I have just over two octaves, but a fair amount of that isn't pretty. <laughs> I would, honestly, just not. I would say I'm really secure in about an octave and a half. So, common sense says if an octave is 12 or 8, depending on how you look at it, notes, it's going to have more notes than that. It's going to have the whole octave plus some more either side. So, if I'm doing it, that's, that's all I've got, that's my whole range, unless your range is identical to mine, you'll miss out on some of it. You know, you just, you just will. And we know, as women, if a guy's leading a song with an octave jump, what are we doing? We are harmonising, if you can. But we're musical, so we can. Otherwise, you're jumping like... Ah, uh, uh. <laughs> um, and I know they can be a really useful melodic device. They're great for building energy. I know the arguments about football stadiums and gigs. Don't come up to me and tell me them about how everyone sings at a U2 show, because believe me, I've heard it before. But these are environments with thousands of people. I'm in a church plant. We have 100-ish people. It is completely bright. We have a whole bunch of people who've never been in church before. It changes every Sunday. And most people don't know each other. And attending vocal gymnastics on a Sunday morning in front of strangers before the coffee has kicked in is (laughs) awkward. So, for that reason... I would say, unless you're at a big church or have an incredibly loud and well-mixed PA, they're just hard, right? They're just hard. So I would say, don't use them or take them out. Jesse, let's give this a go. Let's give this a go. So we're going to try and attempt to take out an octave, live, dangerous and unrehearsed, which wasn't the plan. (laughs) So there's a new song come out called Be Exalted. It's brilliant. It's really, really good. I can't sing it because it's just too big a range for me. And it wouldn't work for my congregation because it's too much of a stretch for the size we are. So, uh, do you know the chords? I've got this. Yeah, I don't know what key we No. Oh, you don't have a strap. No. Okay. So, this is going to be embarrassing for me, but you've been in rehearsals, so it's fine. That's the one. They recorded it in there. They recorded it in there. And that's cats. That's yeah. cats, yeah. So I'm going to do this. It's going to sound terrible, but it illustrates my point. Do you want to do it in Let's try it there. Yeah. Yeah. Add it in. No? Words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it must be higher than that. Find it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is. It remind anyone who's yeah. know this <laughs> from rehearsal. Yeah, that's it. Little in my hand, and use it for your Yeah, you know what's coming? It's not much, but everything I have. I love this song. Use it for your glory. We only. Is actually not quite high enough, but it'll do. We 
I should have done it by now, and I haven't. And it's partly because I know great people who play. You can totally lead without an instrument, because the, um, it's really important to say, if a guitarist goes somewhere the band are expecting and they hit a wrong chord, sounds yeah. awful. Um, I can do stuff vocally that will cue the band to where I'm going. And if I sing a bit, it actually... They'll be slightly behind, but they'll get there. It, you know... You can totally lead. And there's also something about being completely free. You're the same as the people in the congregation when you don't have an instrument. But did that make sense, the octave jump thing? Absolutely. Yeah? So I would say, um, don't, if, if a song's not good enough without the octave, the song's not good enough. I still think that really works. Um, I've used it. You could use it in a small group like that. Take your time. Take your time to find a good key. Right. Here's some tricky stuff. Um, here's some tricky stuff. So, you doing okay? You okay? I just want to talk about this because I want this to be as useful as possible. And I need to say that I think Vineyard is an amazing family of people and I think we've got amazing men. And this is not like... This is just some stuff to help on both sides for men and women. Um, something you might have seen modelled is that a man and, man and a woman lead, uh, co-lead a session, and then the man starts the set and the guy finishes the set. And the woman kind of appears. <laughs> like, she kind of, oh look, there she is. Now of course there could be really good reasons, there could be such good reasons for that. But the problem is, if you see it too many times, it can give the impression that the man is really in charge and the woman's just a kind of greasy bonus. And, you know, it's not intentional, but it can be accidental. So the message can be seen as you can't quite do this on your own. This doesn't bother me. This bothers Andrew. I'm just distancing myself from this. When a guy's, like, hovering behind on an acoustic and there's a woman leading, he always says he feels like it's, like, just in case. <laughs> just in case you need me. I am right here. I actually think it's probably the stage isn't always big enough. Um, <laughs> also, sometimes a woman will be leading a song and then a guy will kind of finish it for her. Ooh, not just me, okay. Um, so, you know, you, you're finishing it and you're thinking, what's the Lord doing? Where are we going? Ooh, who's that? <laughs> what's it? <ooh. laughs> you know, and full disclosure, I did this to a guy at my church two weeks ago. <laughs> No, you've written that in your talk, and now you're going to have to tell everybody. <laughs> and obviously, at that point, I thought that was the right thing to do, so sometimes it will be. But disempowering, right? It's not just about the worship leader time. She's probably not even necessarily noticed. What else is it saying to the, the young women in the room, to the guys in the room? And if, in creation, men and women were made equal, and then the inequality is the result of the fall. So when we bring it back to God's intention, it's better. You know? It's better. It's not always the fault of guys. We do this to ourselves, too. So, um, here's some examples from me. 
Um, I've been asked to lead at a conference, and so has a male worship leader, and he turns up with the set in mind, and he says, I was thinking you'd lead these. (laughs) We've both been asked equally. And I've gone, oh yes, yes, excellent. But can you see how already that's really difficult to row back from? If you're a people pleaser, I'm a horrible people pleaser, and somebody says, I was thinking, Suze, you do these ones? I'm so uncomfortable to then say, oh, actually, I was thinking I wanted to do these. (laughs) Now that we don't want fighting, but I have often just gone, yeah. But if I had another song that I felt was the right song, disobedient, right? Um, Or even more subtle is like, Mel Washington says, I'm thinking this and this, and I'll say, yeah, maybe, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and he'll say, it's great if we do this, because that's in the same key as this. Secretly, I'm thinking, I don't care. <laughs> I'm fine with the key change. Um, but I've just gone, yeah, yeah, great. Now, I, I, this is not hard and fast. There are reasons why you, you keep things in the same key. There are reasons you don't want to make it tricky for you, man. You don't want to do things in F-sharp minor, you know? But occasionally, you've got to stand your ground. And I can think just of multiple situations where I've just shrunk back because it was just way easier, even if I knew that wasn't really what the Lord had said. It's because I don't want to look bossy, and I wasn't confident enough in what the Lord has asked me to do. But if God is going to be glorified in this nation, he needs all of us on full power. So this is the point of the seminar. It's to encourage the women here um, to step out more and for men to see how unintentionally you can disempower the women that you lead with. So here's some other stuff that I think is maybe super helpful. (sighs) Sometimes there will just be a sense that women can't lead as well as men. That's really subtle. Don't let that infiltrate you. You know, women can lead in the same way as guys. And it just never ceases to amaze me how God meets us when we praise him. I led some worship in a prison um, a few times, and it was me and a guy called Steve, who at the time had Hillsong hair. (laughs) Um, He's great. He took hair straighteners camping. And um, really tight jeans. And um, he's an amazing guitarist and an amazing human. And then all these convert, these guys come in, they're about six foot, all of them, you know, been at the gym. And then the warden says, just so you know, they had a fight. Like, there was a fight earlier, but so I'm just going to stay in. <laughs> Don't worry, if something happens, because it quite often does here, you just go in the cupboard and we'll get them out. No, 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 they're all guys, because it's obviously a men's prison. And we start to leave worship, and I think, this is horrible. What am I doing? And then the Spirit of the Lord turns up in the room, in the prison. And um, great little story, super quick. This guy comes up to me, and he says afterwards, he says, oh, I really have trouble sleeping. Have you got any CDs of you singing? We managed to find some. Long story short, a couple of months later, he says, I haven't had any nightmares since I started putting on the worship wow. in myself. Look, there were no rules about these sorts of things. You can be five foot five blonde girl in front of six foot criminals. And the Lord is with you. I think he's pretty much always with you in that situation. <laughs> okay. Um, let's get on to some really good stuff. This is where I want to land. And if you take nothing else away, apart from that woman did a seminar with baked beans down her dress. Um, let's do this. Um, And this is for the guys as well in the room. It's totally for the guys, but I really feel it for the women. (sighs) Be yourself before God. Find who you are. Come before God as honestly as you can and worship him with all that you've got. And while we're in this territory, let's just talk very quickly about comparison Comparison is not helpful. It is the thief of joy. It's also toxic. I've been around worship leaders and indeed at this retreat for years and I've seen some deeply insecure people. In fact, I'm probably one of them. 
some of the time. Not as much as they used to be, though. They're looking around at other people, trying to figure out what's going on, who are the cool kids. No one in Vineyard, really, is the answer to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I would, you know, I would just suggest, if you're looking around at other people, where are you not looking? So I love this passage from 1 Peter 5, 6. Be content with who you are. Don't put on airs. God's strong hand is on you. He'll promote you at the right time. Live carefree before God, for he is most careful with you. I love that verse, isn't it good? This is so, so important. When we make peace with who we are and what we carry, something gets unleashed. What's that really cheesy thing? Freed people, free people, something like that. Um, I think I got the hang of this relatively early on. I was, grew up with Britpop and angst. Alanis Morissette was my jam. <laughs> and all the girl-fronted bands like Sleeper and Elastica and, yeah. I like Misery. I was, you know, I still, still quite do. I'm trying to write a song and Kat says it's the saddest thing she's ever heard. <laughs> um, so for me, um, what, the point of that is I loved songs that moved me. As a, um, not, like, not like Mariah Carey licks and things I like to, the emotional heft of a song is where I find my thing is and I, you know work in radio I love communicating that's the one thread that runs through my whole life is I've done some writing as well like I just love to communicate so I won't lead a song that I can't be on board with 100% um, unless I've been asked to that's a different ball game but if I'm if I'm quibbling some lines if I'm sort of having to rush through that bit because I don't really know what that line means I won't lead it. I want to. Essentially, my process is to like, eat a song <laughs> and then be like, is it in me? And then I can bring it out, hopefully. So, so because I know my thing is maybe communicating a, it to someone, I knew that, you know, I'm not, like, I can't do licks. I can't really jump octaves. Occasionally, there's maybe two songs I can do that have got octaves in them. I don't like to be shouty. Um, I'm not particularly demonstrative. I'm really comfortable in simple songs. I do most songs in D or E, whatever key that was. What key was it? E. e. Yeah. Um, I cannot and do not wear skinny jeans. And um, I'm not cool. I'm fine with all of these things. Um, and I think God's made me that way. So what am I trying to say? Know what you carry. Know what you carry. Like, Tori this morning, she was amazing. Oh, my word, that voice. I didn't think, oh, my, my voice sounded like that. Um, because it doesn't, because there's Tori. wouldn't need to be, you know, me. You know, you don't have two of the same person. And just a point about the wider worship community here. There are some amazing female worship leaders that there weren't when I was growing up in the same way. Like Amanda Cook, Jen Johnson, Kim Walker-Smith, ha-ha. Love her. Um, <laughs> I did love her. Even her laughing. And um, we've got our own, you know, we've got Catherine Scott, who's amazing. Um, Stephanie Gretzinger, all of that. Uh, Darlene Chet, even if you're going slightly old school. And I'm thankful for them. But if you start to feel the weight of comparison uh, creeping in, maybe back off from listening to them for a while and back off from watching them. Even if you find like mannerisms creeping in that aren't yours. Um, back off, back off. I actually did this when I was learning to find my voice in a, not particularly for worship at the time, when I was just a teenager, learning to sing like me. And I've got a daughter, Pearl, she's eight, she's nuts. We thought we did really well with our son, we were like, we're really good parents. And then Pearl turned up and we were like, oh right. (laughs) Turns out kids come out different. (laughs) So she perhaps unsurprisingly loves singing. Now, annoyingly, despite exposing her to loads of different music, when she sings at the moment, she's a bit nasal and American. <laughs> so when, when she sings, I obviously tell her it's beautiful, but I also say words like, I want to hear you sing, Pearl. I want to hear you. What's your voice? You know, and I know, for me, when I was finding, trying to find how I sing, I just had to stop listening to other people that I really liked, because whether or not I meant to do it, I was sort of sounding a bit like... A lame Alanis Morissette <laughs> at the time. And obviously, it's completely impossible to be totally unaffected by people that you like. But it's really important to strive to have your own voice. 
We worship a God of infinite possibilities. And so our worship should be varied and different. I shouldn't lead or sound like you. You shouldn't sound like me. We've each got our own God-given voice that we carry. Your job, and I would suggest your duty, actually, is to find yours. So, I'm going to move for the final flourish. So, I want to finish. In fact, Agnes, could you play that clip? It's paused on the podcast. I'll give you like a... Make sure the favour's up, love. All right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't speak to him like that. I just thought it'd be funny. (laughs) Really don't. Sorry, I don't know why I did that. (laughs) Right. So, have your own voice. Find your own voice. Be confident in what you carry. So I want to finish with some words from Cindy Rethmeyer. There's been loads of talk about vineyard history. She was the first ever female worship leader in the vineyard. And what's also cool, I don't know if you picked it up in Harmony's talk today, the person who sort of birthed vineyard worship was really Carol Wimber. <laughs> One for your back pocket, ladies. <laughs> Obviously, and everybody else. But she was the one who held these meetings in her home and said, come on, let's dig into God. Cindy was the first ever female worship leader for the vineyard. I think she joined a bit later. So she was on this podcast again, uh, the Ferment podcast. Listen to it, subscribe to it. It's totally brilliant. It's about worship. It's not about worship. It's about spiritual transformation. It's not about spiritual transformation. What I've found is, as I've listened to each episode, it's like it's built up more and more truth. So I just just give that a go. Anyway, so she was on the podcast. She's now in her late 50s. She's a grandmother. Um, And she was just reflecting on her journey. And Adam Russell asked her what her advice would be. Um, I heard there's a deposit in you that's for this people. So being able to walk into that environment and just believe that. Yeah, no matter what the challenges are. There's something in me that's for this people. So I'm just going to give that thing that I know is in who I am and I'll I'll give that to them. So those simple songs, which is... (laughs) That's just the way I write. That's the way I hear. Mm-hmm. Two chords, maybe, sometimes three. Yeah. And um, maybe just two lines of words, you know? Simple phrases. Um, those would sing to me when I would read them, so I just started putting tiny little choruses, you know, making tiny little choruses of those. And... Um, instead of worrying about whether they were short or, you know, too simple or any of that, I thought, no, this is who I am, so I'm going to walk in this. I'm just going to do this. I'll just be this with every ounce of my being. And I think if I were, if it were me in front of, you know, a bunch of women who were worship leaders, I would say, figure out who, what, who, what voice do you have? Who, who are you? And then be that with everything you are. Right. So what I know about myself is that when I sing, there's something about there's something about gentleness and peace. Yes. And it that's just that's just who I am. Yes. And so to not worrying about whether or not I fit in the current um, sound. Yeah. Or the current culture, yeah. that's beside the point. Yeah. The point is that I just sing like I sing. Yeah. Instead I think of trying to sing like everybody else sings. Yeah, I think authenticity trumps everything. And I think in order to be authentic, you have to have, it, it really helps to have some self-awareness about who you really are. Yes. And my, I'm the only one who can bring that because I'm the only Cindy, that's right? right? So that's and right. I know we hear that kind of stuff a lot, but it's become very centered for me yeah. finally yeah. <laughs> at 58 <laughs> so um, I and I'm grateful for that because it um, there's no apology now when I come oh, to amen. sing or when I'm when somebody asks me to do it I don't think oh shoot <laughs> I can only bring gentleness and peace you know instead I think oh okay so 
that must be what you want because you're asking me to come. Yeah. So I'm just going to bring who I am. So much in that. I might as well just not, not spoke. Might as well just not spoken. Just going to heard that like 12 times, 20 times. I'm just going to be who I am with every fiber of my being. I'm just going to come without an apology, thinking that what you want is what I bring because you asked me to do it. I'm just going to, oh, I just bring gentleness and peace. Oh no, how awful. <laughs> to just bring gentleness and peace. So just to finish, and this is obviously for the men too, so much of this works for both. Be confident in what you bring. Don't make yourself small. Don't hold back. We may need what you've got to bring. We may need it. It may be the key that unlocks something for the movement, for the nation. It may be the key that unlocks something for somebody who has just wandered into church because someone's asked them. Inhabit all of the space available to you. Lead with all of the authority given to you. No one else will bring the exact same thing. We will miss out if you don't bring your A game. Okay? Finished. <laughs>